Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food production and food consumption. I'm coming to you from the National Western. Jay Tripp wishes he was, and Andrew Henderson chose not to come. Oh, man, no. Um, you pick you pick quite a time to uh, be at the Western. It's a now you're making traditional stuff with weather that's scattered across the central part of America. Yeah, don't uh, don't need to tell me about that. I'm getting uh I should not be here, truth of the matter, yeah. with what Kelly's dealing with, but yeah. Nobody knew that. No, you there no. is no way to guess. I'll guess it. Yeah, I can't uh, get home. All the interstates are closed. Oh, of course, right? It is uh it's it's even we can even feel the cold wind from the north um northwest uh here in texas this morning i won't tell you the temperature just make you feel bad um <laughs> but the wind is really cold and, and said, honestly he that the the way he tries to uh just have some feeling for what you're going through, Trey. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can yeah. just feel it in the wind, he says. I yeah. can just yeah. feel it in the wind. Yeah. I, I I reached I reached in my freezer this morning, uh the in the refrigerator and I I felt like I could sympathize with you there for a minute. My hands got cold. <laughs> okay, no, just tell was, us. Quit quit teasing, no, just tell it's us what's like, the temperature. I think we're no, I think we're having like one of our coldest days, period. It's th- uh thirty four or five degrees this morning, something like that. Yeah, it's colder than I anticipated. Yeah. And oh. the wind but the wind is has blown like twenty five miles an hour nonstop for um for a seems like eighteen hours. And you can literally just feel how much colder the air is mm-hmm. the wind is than the air is here. So we, I, I know it's you're coming from believe, you. I know you're not gonna believe me, but we had a typhoon last last week and it went through Manchester. And did some serious damage. So there you wow, go. It yeah. came across. That sucks. Very, very unusual. Um, but uh, so, Jay, you're the, at the epicenter of the big explosion last night. As, how far away was that from where you are in Texas? Um, well, I actually, without even realizing it, I was within, you know, maybe about uh, about eight miles from there um, for a short period of time. But I didn't even know. I had no idea that anything was going on and I, I was on the phone and, you know, not even really paying attention to the radio. And I walked in, uh, walked in the house, um, later last night and, uh, it was the first thing on the news, of course. So, um, no, it was quite a, quite an event, like a couple of dozen people injured and, uh, uh, could have been a, could have been a catastrophic event. I mean, uh, I, truly catastrophic and killed lots of people, but uh, they, we don't, I, they may I don't have lucked know. out to say that. Clue the rest of us in what happened. So there's a hotel in downtown Fort Worth that um, had a natural gas explosion on the main floor of the building. And it just... Well, uh, hang on. There's, there's conflicting reports about that, Jay, to be honest. Um, nah, that's what I, said initially, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think they, uh, uh, according to the local news here this morning, I think they're back to believing that it was just an an accidental event. 
So uh, okay. they're going to investigate it, of course. And they're apparently, according to the, the images that we see here uh, on all the different media types, uh, there there's uh, federal agents crawling around. The FBI are all over, but there's a big FBI headquarters facility here. Right. So it's uh, yeah. that's normal. Yeah. Um and all the other random agencies, uh, ATF, et cetera, et cetera, are all all out looking there. It'll be hard to hide hide it if it was something nefarious. But again, it seemed mm -hmm. to take on all the characteristics of a really big natural gas explosion. And we'll see. Right. We'll see what happens. So I'll keep Okay. Let me let me share with you a text I just got from a friend who stays on top of this, unlike anybody else I know. And I'm going to read to you word for word what he said. Weather in the country, weather, the weather in the country is increasing gas prices with this upcoming long weekend celebration of Martin Luther King Day on Monday. Gas transporters are sending out a note to all customers that due to extreme cold temperatures and in the gas-producing areas, most of the country is going to be on limited availability of natural gas within the next 30 days. For, for the yeah. not within, for the next 30 days. Wow. So, so that energy debacle that we've been talking about coming, yeah, it's coming. Here we go. Well, yeah. and you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, it's it. Texas, uh, Texas supplies, right? Uh, literally, I just looked at these numbers yesterday. Texas supplies like 25% of the United States natural gas supply. And we're not really having a weather debacle. But the truth is we proved uh, we proved a few years ago um, that we really don't even hardly have enough to supply ourselves. Um, we are also the eighth largest economy, period, in the world, right? And so even... even we can't help. And that means that North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming, and Montana, um, Pennsylvania have to carry the rest of the United States. Uh, and if that, <laughs> that turns out to be a debacle, man, that's a debacle. Yeah. Um, because Pennsylvania had predicted a foot of snow. I haven't kept track yeah. of the, the day I left. They were predicting a foot of snow over the weekend in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And again, we've um, the all the uh, you know, we all make fun of weather forecasters all the time for giving us these huge ranges. But now we understand why. So that it could be colder and have more snow than anybody predicted. Yeah. So, Andrew, you were going to say. Spend... No, I'm I'm listening. I'm listening with interest, to be honest. Trent. I think that um, we're having a, a cold spell at the moment as well. Uh, it's not so cold today, but it has been cold. And um, I, I really do think uh, that um, we're going to see some uh, amazing things happen over the next weeks and months with energy supply, not least in Germany, frankly, because, as you know, they've got a very high, high level of electric cars on the road. And at this moment in time, Germany is gridlocked. So that's uh, right. we're going to see some very interesting times ahead. I think things are really going to come to the boil with regards to uh, what the globalists have been trying to do with energy supply worldwide. Think about what happened um, in the with the pipelines over in the in the North Sea. Think the Nord Street pipelines. Think about what's happened in in um, in Iraq and Iran. And and you start to look at this and think 
this is a, a big accident waiting to happen now. I, it, you know, it's kind of funny that the, the timing, how bad timing can be. Mm. But um, yesterday, the Bravo Bank uh, lobbyists, their whole lobbyist team, hit Capitol Hill to start pushing for a, a more aggressive carbon credit uh, program and a trading program. And uh, <laughs> try, they were trying to. They were trying to sell a, 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 a global warming message still, you know, and uh, I talked to a couple of friends of mine, one of them at Scripps News, even yes. that just literally just laughed. He, he goes, you know, I couldn't help it. I just laughed right in the guy's face. Ask him what they were up there doing and what they were talking to people about. And uh, they told me. And he goes, I couldn't help it. Before I could stop myself, I just burst out laughing right in his face. And he goes, do you realize what's actually happening in America right now and what's going on around the world? What, you need to like go back to your office right away and stop this yeah. madness, whatever it is you're trying well, to do. Well, well um, Jay, just on that, I mean, uh, putting a serious side to it. What I can't understand, and, and maybe you can explain to me as a lobbyist how they intend to do this. If, if they're selling carbon to as offsets, how does that reduce emissions? Well, so wait a minute, though. I think I think everybody is missing what uh, is really... Jay, you're going to pick ahead. that up yeah. right there yeah. with what everybody's sure. missing when we come back with a second leg of the journey on a rural route. Trent Luce, Jay Truitt, Andrew Henderson, more after this. Well, in today's world, many people are talking about nitric oxide as a part of healthy living, but Dr. Nathan Bryan steps in here because how do we know the difference between one nitric oxide supplement and another one, Nathan? Well, there's several things you look for. Is the people that are that are that formulated or backing that product ever published a paper in the nitric oxide literature? Do they know anything about the basic enzymology and biochemistry of nitric oxide? Because here's what people do. Put a lot of ingredients in a bag or in a capsule and call it nitric oxide. You have to understand how the human body makes nitric oxide. You got to understand what goes wrong in people that can't make it. And then you got to pro provide product technology that actually fixes the reason you can't make nitric oxide. If you're low in testosterone, you don't give precursors or things because you've lost the ability to produce testosterone. What do you do? You actually give the actual molecules. Same thing with women with hormone replacement. Full details and order the product at no2u.com. That's no, number two, letter u.com. Put Trent as your coupon code and I pay the shipping. Wait a minute, that's not good. Don't forget to come by the National Western and say hi today. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside Jay Truitt, Andrew Henderson. I am at the National Western. Those two guys are in vehicles transporting around their respective regions. Okay. Um, what people seem to be missing about the carbon trading scenario, Jay Truitt. Well, and it's not even specifically limited to that. I think um, um, the the messaging, I don't know whether this was intentional or accidental or there is a misinterpretation. So I'll, I'll lay that out there as a, a potential disclaimer from the beginning. But a couple of people okay. that I talked to on the Hill said, mm -hmm. they go, you know, the funny thing is, is that we feel like uh, they're trying to actually turn agriculture generically uh, into something like a, a state, a state-controlled public utility. Yeah, it might be 
it might be privately owned, but really the state controls all of its actions. And only when something goes wrong do they does does the 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 entity uh, get any credit for what it does, uh, i.e., like wildfires in in uh, California here a couple of years ago, right when uh, really the utility company was the the entity that was starting uh, the majority of those fires. Now all this, then all of a sudden, uh, it happens to be uh, uh, the utility's fault, not not the people that. Uh, uh, we're really regulating it into the ground uh, for the last 20 years. So I, it, it, it was just a weird conversation to be having yesterday um, that people were feeling the pressure from the, from the climate change crowd and et cetera. And it seems as though somewhere in their midst, somebody made the discussion uh, occur and it's being transmitted to to uh, members of Congress that maybe it's time to start looking at agriculture like as a as a national national entity that we need to just kind of figure out how to take more control of. And, you know, they need to be participating more willingly in these carbon programs. That was kind of the sidebar. But really think about all the other things they do. You know, we we could change the crop mix, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, oh, holy cow, that I mean, now. Jay, now, uh, now uh, what's going on in Germany makes sense to me, right? When I hear that argument, the the reaction that German and, and Dutch farmers have had, it seems perfectly logical. Oh, okay, but I, I subscribe to this theory 100%. Because if you look at what is proposed by the Securities Exchange Commission on this national yeah. asset companies, yeah. is yeah. literally trading your property if you signed a conservation easement if you ever took a crp payment if you ever took equip funding i can see the path where they're literally going to be trading carbon benefit of your farm on the new york stock exchange and that comment period by the way has been extended been extended for a week you have until january 18th to send in yeah. your comments about that yeah but that plays right into everything you just said in terms of considering yeah. farming a utility. That, that's exactly what they have in their mind. And they, I, you know, I, we're I that essential it. industry. Yeah. Go ahead. Andrew. I'm sorry, Andrew. No, no, I can't. No, no, I can't believe that uh, we're all three of us are uh, co. A, you explained it brilliantly, um, Jay. That's exactly how I see it. But you know what? I don't think anybody's buying what they're selling. Um, and, and I think that's the funny thing. I mean, it's ludicrous. It it, it achieves nothing um, except it lines the pockets of the the rich um, oligarchs of the world. So it, it is uh, it is never, in my opinion, when people really get to understand this, this is it, front and center. And it's a load of, it really is a load of bovine fecal matter because it doesn't actually address the problem that they say we've got. It just finds a way of yeah. monetizing it. All yeah. it does is monetize no. the exactly. problem. I couldn't agree more, 100%. We're all in agreement. That's yeah. weird. All right, next topic. We can't continue this. Yeah, no, we have to talk about something else now. <laughs> Hang on. Wait a minute. It's okay. taken three and a half years to get to this. All right, so you know, we've never done this in three uh, and a half years. I I got a very <laughs> critical, very um, constructively critical uh, note yesterday from a listener who's listening right now in Colorado. So right, the three okay. the three of us 
just agreed on something that is going to impact not only agriculture, it's going to impact the consumers who reap the rewards of what farmers do. And that is a domestic supply in abundance, a reasonably priced, safe food and fuel. The three of us can agree. The criticism is how do we convey that to the people who are going to be most impacted? And I'm not just talking about the consumers because I'm here hanging with food producers from all over this country. And we've talked about it this week. We don't really want to recognize things like this are taking place because we don't know how to handle them. So we just choose to ignore them. So how do we convey what we know to people that will resonate? Well, I, you know, listen, the biggest, the biggest, I'll just say this quickly. And then you, uh, maybe there's a better answer. I, I actually feel a little bit hopeless in this regard. And I put a lot of faith in people that, uh, do agriculture communications inside the the industries and the and the various associations, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, most of them are generically pretty capable at their job and talented people. Um, now we have something you know we can what? argue about, but go ahead. Well, well, but <laughs> but with that said, the other side of the equation is is that everybody is trying to actually reach an audience that honestly they just don't want to hear it. There's mm-hmm. there's like one and True a half story. generations of one and a half generations of people in this country that don't want to believe that generically what you said that sentence that we have the safest most wholesome uh, and most affordable food supply that in the world and maybe that we've ever had still they generically don't believe that they generically want our food to be different they generically uh, think that we're all making it unsafe and um, um, they don't believe that we're we're good for the environment they don't believe that we have the environment's interest as our primary interest almost every day when we wake up and uh, you know uh, it, it, it's a tough it's a tough argument um, to, to win when the person begins with fundamentally disagreeing with, every single point you have and they really don't want to hear your argument they really don't want to hear it i couldn't agree more jay Jay, again i couldn't agree more except except i'm not surprised they've they've been drummed with this story again and over and over and over again it's been flat out propaganda for the last seven or eight years so it's not surprising yeah. Well, and, you know, uh, and so now I'm going to get it myself in trouble. And I realize I create <laughs> trouble for Trent when I make this comment. But part of part of the issue is, is that they found some allies inside of agriculture in the agriculture yeah. community. And those and those yeah. are these uh, people, some young millennial couple that the young the guy decided to grow a big, long beard because he got tired of shaving and they moved out and yep. they bought 40 acres out in the middle of nowhere. They started a YouTube channel. And there's a bunch of great YouTubers that you can learn a massive amount from, right? Um, but these these folks, um, uh, they're going to show you how uh, you could do it and, and buy everything out that you need for your operation from Amazon. All of them are spending way more money than their farms would ever generate an income. But they're convincing their peers that just got out of college a few years ago uh, and, and maybe are first starting to have kids that 
Oh my goodness. If you buy a, a steak from anybody but me uh, or a pork chop or a lamb chop from anybody but me, um, you're probably just buying poison. Mm-hmm. You know, it, so there's you, no way those you, people are doing a good job. So do you think and that I, their parents I'm disgusted by it. So do you, do you think their parents were in Greenpeace and went to Woodstock? Yeah, their parents for sure weren't in agriculture, right? Their parents were, they're, you know, no, their parents. No, you, you're probably wrong there, Jay. I think they were in agriculture long before it was cool to be in marijuana agriculture in Colorado. Well, they were, in, they so, were, in, yeah, right, they yeah. were growing marijuana. Yeah. That's agriculture. Yeah, that's the case, right? Yeah, that's agriculture today because now it's legal. Yeah. I, no, I, and again, I don't have I don't have anything against somebody that wants to go out and learn how to farm and start to farm. And if you want to document that in a YouTube channel and make lots of money on a YouTube channel, I applaud you for it. Right. I seriously do. And I welcome you into the into the tribe. But and, if you're if you're and I have exactly is, where we're going to pick it up when we come back with the second half okay. of a roll route from Denver after this. And we'll talk more about to the tribe when we get back with the second half. Greg Hager, I've got a new spot made with Greg singing. Greg just, he writes his own music. He's the entertainer of the year. And you can buy the albums online. You can book Greg for an event. You can keep track of the tour schedule. But most importantly, just go listen to the music. This guy writes it from his heart, his soul, and you will feel it. I know that there's some entertainers that are just, you know, it's just fun to sit and listen to. I think the difference with Greg Hager is that when you're in his presence, and as he did on the Across the Pond tour, he sings and it just touches you. I believe that he possesses the, the Holy Spirit with him wherever he goes, and that's his driving force. Coming back to country roots in all regards. Greg Hager Music. It's on the web at greghager.com. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Luce at the National Western. This event's been fantastic. Jay Truett, Andrew Henderson. I'm just rubbing it in that you guys didn't make it here. It's your fault. Yeah, no, I know. Okay, so right. the, I want to continue this discussion that you, we were talking about in terms of uh, ESG, carbon initiatives, carbon trading, carbon sequestration. We have more and more corn growers continuing to fall prey to the nonsense that if we don't have CO2 buried in the ground, they can't be competitive and there will be no ethanol. Okay. I hear that every single day, guys. This morning at 530, well, at five o'clock, I stopped at the gas station here in Denver, Colorado, on my way to the National Western. And I I looked at the prices of gas, unleaded gas. It just says unleaded gas, 88 octane, The very last gas price on that screen, I'm going to go take a picture of it, is $2.95. And you know the difference between the $2.95 and the $2.45? 50 cents. (laughs) No, the octane. Well, while he's correct. I I can't (laughs) argue with you. It is 50 cents. The the $2.95... Is ethanol free? It's listed as ethanol free. Okay, oh. so let's just think about this. And this is the case in Nebraska. Yeah. It's in every state. If there's ethanol in yeah. it, it's cheaper than if there's no ethanol in it. So, guys, that's a subsidy. 
that's telling us that gas cost two ninety five a gallon to purchase unless you have ethanol in it, then it's fifty cents cheaper. So that yep. worn out argument that unless we get this carbon sequestration and put it in the ground, we're not they're gonna run us out of business. That is the biggest load of bovine fecal matter happening yet. In agriculture, I might add. Trent, Trent, you might find that there's some uh, orchestrated tax a loophole that's allowing it to be cheaper so that people... That, no, that, you know, no, that's exactly what's happening, Andrew. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah. There are states yeah. give a tax uh, benefit to ethanol production. And, wow. and and like E15 or, you know, Minnesota kind of led the way in this. But yeah. it's still a subsidy. I don't care. It's yeah. still a subsidy because one is getting preferential treatment over another. Yeah. I mean, it all it does all go back to um, uh, paying for those people in the swamp. Anybody that says the swamp doesn't exist, I think this is exposing the swamp in a way nobody would ever have, Im have imagined. They are they're blazingly showing you what they're all about. They are nothing to do with climate change. And actually, I want to just uh, tell you both about something that is exactly the same thing, but it exposes them in a different way in terms of um, how people are seeing things here in the UK. You know all these sports people that are... Uh, having cardiac arrests on the sports fields. Yes. You've seen that, haven't you? Guys? Yes, I have. Well, there's a well-known um, football pundit, soccer pundit here in the UK that raised an issue about this with his TV station, which happens to be owned by Rupert Murdoch. And he raised the issue and, you know, surprise, surprise, he lost his job. Yeah. So what he did, and this is all, this all came out yesterday. Yesterday, he, he, he lost his job. And so what he decided to do was he would go and get, get a doctor to uh, look at all the, all, the, all the figures before COVID and after COVID to see if there was a real strong case as to what he was saying. And he found out there was more than a strong case. So what he did then was he went to the Football Association here in the UK and pointed out to the chief medical officer, look, this is what happened before. This is what's happened since the jabs have been introduced. People are dropping dead. You can't avoid it. And um, in the end, she agreed to meet him with this doctor on one proviso. And he came out, and you can go and watch it on the internet, and said the proviso was that whatever was discussed in that meeting would never be allowed to be discussed on an open forum on social media. So we told everybody this yesterday that he couldn't discuss what the outcome was. After that, because he still got no joy in terms of them doing an inquiry into what was happening, he then decided to ask a hundred very, very famous ex-sports people in his field if they would sign a document which says they want an inquiry into these people dropping dead on sports fields. And to his surprise, and I'm going to ask you this guy, how many of the hundred do you think agreed to put their names on the letter? 20. Yeah, Anybody maybe else? 20. I would say 99. maybe 15. Wow. Oh, wow. 90, 99. 
99. So this is where the game changer happened. So um, he he was telling everybody that he wasn't allowed to discuss what was agreed in that meeting or discussed in that meeting. But he did announce to the world yesterday that the Football Association of the United Kingdom have written to every sports team in the United Kingdom and club and told them, get this, you shouldn't vaccinate any people anymore. And he really? announced that to the world yesterday. Yep. Yeah. Now, uh, it's not policy, it's not government policy, but he announced that on Twitter yesterday and that that is the policy now. Now, going back to this carbon, this is where these are the same people that are telling us that we've got a climate issue. Absolutely They're exactly right. the same 100%. people. 100%. And, and what I'm trying to say is that they're showing themselves as to what they are right now. And I, I do think, Trent, that that's the sort of wake-up pill because, you know, my sport, although you, you find things like this hard to just justify, is the most popular sport in the world. That was a big announcement yesterday because everybody that supports my sport will now know that those jabs harm you. And I think we are at the cusp of a change of the power here. And it's not with those that that seek to harm us. That's all I'm saying. So I, I just I'm trying to sit here and think how that plays out because if that sport makes the announcement for the players, what would yeah. you what would you assess that the average percentage of the fans that also took the jab? Well, this is the other thing. I, I, I think you should listen to the, the clip. It's, uh, the guy's called Matt Letizia, uh, uh, Trent. But he also uh, comes clean that he did a, uh, a, a poll of people within the game before mm -hmm. he got the sack, by the way. And he found that it, well, whilst the government was telling us that 90% plus of the professional teams in the UK had had their, their, their uh, COVID jabs. Mm -hmm. It turns out that the figure was more likely 50%. Okay, but That's I'm talking about people stage. sitting in the stands. No, no, no. I, I'm coming to that. Uh, they said that 80% that plus in the UK had had their jabs, but it's now turned out that that figure was likely to be nearer 60%. So okay. there are a uh, lot of people sitting in the stands. Now, this is the thing, Trent. I've been going to football matches. I'm 59 years of age, turning 60 next year. And I'm telling you that prior to COVID and the, the outlay of the jabs, I had never seen an incident either at the game or inside the ground of this type at all. And I go every week, Trent, or every other week, okay? Sorry, every other week to see my team. Since then, uh, listen, I'm in double figures. I'm in double figures myself. I've seen it myself. And so I think that that cannot be ignored, Trent, because now when he tells everybody that they've been advised not, not to take the jab, what does that tell the masses? What does that tell the masses? But my premise was headed towards what do the 60% think that are sitting there hearing this? I'm well, just trying I, to visualize I, I, how that I, plays out. I, I, I'm not vaccinated. I know that most of the people in my family want to hide behind the city and hope that it goes away, but it won't. 
Um, I can't really speak for that because I'm not vaccinated. I think the only one of the three of us that's had a vaccination is Jay. Is that right, Jay? You've had one, haven't you? Yeah, I had the Johnson and Johnson shot, uh, one and one okay. and done. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what? What? Uh, as somebody who knows that they took the vaccination, how do you feel about? Uh, well, this week there was a huge report came out of America actually that these vaccinations were actually designed in 2014 before COVID ever, ever appeared. And there's w- really well-documented evidence that your your uh, your military were behind that. How do you feel as somebody that's taken one of those shots? Um, you know, I don't think it, it changes uh, the, the way I actually feel about it in one way or another. Um, but I, I never believe, I never believed that I was taking a vaccine in the first place. Right. Um, so I look, I think I probably just looked at it a little more objectively. I was in the military for a good number of years. Right. And, uh, I did do, uh, public service contracts back to the military later in life. So I've had enough vaccine. I've had enough vaccinations in my life to turn my upper arms into a pincushion, right? Um, that is, that's part of your, that's part of the whole yeah, experience. I've been part of the protocol I, I actually, forever. Yeah. I mean, I have yeah. a life, I have a lifetime level of inoculation against yellow fever and dengue fever, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I never have to get those again, period, ever. Uh, I've had the maximum yeah. number of a bunch of those. And, uh, uh, uh but those, those with work, with though. that so with that yeah, said work, though those vaccinations work those vaccinations work though let's just be fair. they appear yeah Until, well they appear to me I never had any of those diseases right so I'm gonna say yes they they did work for me uh, I had COVID twice um, and so um, <laughs> once pretty bad uh, and once yeah. it was a really minor thing right we'll once have to pick really it up with experience. that once right there when we get back with the last segment of Roll Route from the National Western after this. Have you noticed how many times Jay Truett is the one talking when I have to interrupt? Hey, I wonder why High Plains Apache or Simpson Farm Enterprises are not here at the National Western with the Apache sprayers and the technology. I know that the farm show that uh, Simpsons attended in Lincoln, Nebraska went extremely well. When people can actually see and visit with the, the individuals behind the scenes instead of just looking at an ad somewhere... It makes all the difference in the world. You need to visit with folks at Simpson Farm Enterprises or the individuals at High Plains Apache about the technology, the reliability, and the service in this technological advancement in precision agriculture. SimpsonFarm.com, HighPlainsApache.com. We're going to be in Kansas soon. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose alongside Andrew Henderson, Jay Truitt. And before you finish up that thought, uh, Andrew, I'm not comfortable with you saying the military was behind it because there's a difference between individuals in leadership of the Department of Defense and the military. It makes it sound like every yeah. member of the military was in. No, there's, okay. there's somebody within the Department of Defense that was involved, not the military. Well, okay. and in uh, fact, I, I well, I apologize for that, but that. You should have a look at those documents because, okay, I agree with you that it's definitely not your complete military. But this, without any shadow of a doubt now, when you look at those pe- that paperwork that was uh, released this week, was planned. There's no doubt about it. And 
And those vaccines were designed to harm people. Absolutely no doubt. They were never, ever designed to stop you spreading the disease at all. No. So, no. The, and, and, and we do have a best, okay. and I totally get what Jay has said because, look, some of us felt something was wrong. Others took it because we were being told it was the right thing to do. I, it's that doesn't make anybody any better or worse than anybody else. All I'm saying is that you ask the question, "How do those people feel?" And I can tell you, my own family—they just want to bury it and not talk about it. Yeah, I know that, that's going to be the issue, I'm, which is not going to help what again, you want to accomplish. Go, right, Jay. No. I, I think no. I'm happy. I'm happy to to actually talk about it. The whole reason I did it was for financial reasons, right? I was commuting back and forth from Puerto Rico, which is uh, a, right, a, yeah. social, a socialist state, to Washington D.C., which is also a socialist yeah. state, and yeah, um, and so I was having to be tested uh, every time, and I honestly began to get a little more concerned about uh, some kind of an infection that I might get from all the all the testing that I was getting from clearly rookie people because they can't seem to find a vein in your arm, right. To draw blood. Um, and so I, you know, um, for me, and I had to pay 250 bucks for the test each time in Puerto oh, Rico. Wow. And wow. so, uh, um, uh, for me again, uh, and in some months that was, a that was over a thousand dollars a month, right. Um, that I was yeah. spending on tests. Uh, but uh, listen, I, I again, I think now we're circling back almost to the point that I made in the beginning. The, yep. the thing about it is, though, there's a whole bunch of people that are out here in our society today that will, you know, um, I, I don't want to like stir a different hornet's nest. But the but the fact that we're having pro Hamas demonstrations not anti-Israel <laughs> demonstrations, but pro-Hamas yeah. demonstrations yeah. on From college campuses all over America should send yeah. the same shiver up everybody's spine. It's a terrorist well, organization, right? Absolutely. You can't really get around especially it. When it's been, especially when it's been, in many cases, led by the LGBT community. Because yeah, they, I mean it's just it's so it's unbelievable. It's just amazing, it's right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean yeah. they they just slap you down if you were in their country doing what you're doing right now. Uh, you'd be yeah. a woman that would never be able to be seen in public again. Anyway, I no. I, we've, we've let's through, just you, let's just make that a little more complex because it's well documented the most homosexual city in the world is Tel Aviv in Israel. So you, you right, have this yeah. conflicting thing that we're like, what do you even believe or know or who's involved? They're all involved. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 I we, I, sorry. Go on. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just saying, I, I think we have uh, the breakdown in our society. I, I like the idea that you're, you're trying to present Andrew and it seems like uh, you're the positive one this morning that, that you see a ray of hope. I don't. And I don't oh, see that okay. ray of hope, mainly because I've I've not lost faith in the country. I've lost faith in its citizenry here. And um, mm -hmm. I, it's almost impossible to communicate to that generation. You uh, uh, I, I made a I made a joke yesterday that my my gender choices, I don't care. 
I don't care what yours is. I don't care what you think mine is. Yeah. I don't care what anybody's is. I'm not going to be your friend or not be your friend based on some gender discussion. Uh, we may find out that I disagree with your morals and we're not going to be friends. But uh, it's not because of what you claim or don't claim or want to claim that you are or are not. And the fact that I would go even through that gyration in my head. Yeah. Speaks volumes. Yeah, it just speaks massive volumes for where we are as from a a common sense intellectual standpoint in the country. And it has nothing to do with the papers that you have hanging on your wall somewhere that says you graduated or didn't graduate from someplace. It's not about that. This is this is a much deeper thing. And they're not a lot of these young people seem to be really struggling with even understanding why I exist. I mean, well, what's my thing. purpose here's still, the, right? Okay. And I'm confused by it. Well, this is, here's the thing. This is why I'm, I'm mildly optimistic today, is that um, when, they, when the truckers tried to do what they did in Canada, that gave, that, that gave me some hope. But it quickly got scuffered. And in the UK and in the US, you're quite right. Uh, we get we, we have a feeling something might happen positive, and it never really does. But listen, think, things are happening positively right now in Germany, and I think yeah. that is emboldening people to say what I've just told you today about that professional sports commentator who was a footballer. Once those people start to speak up. The narrative changes very quickly. That's what I'm saying. But what I won't let you get away with, Andrew, is the Canadian trucker convoy being a nothing burger because what you just just said is absolutely right. What happened in Canada is emboldening those in Germany who are following suit. It's the second second forge, so to speak. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's true. Although because they were allowed to confiscate their bank accounts and stuff like that, uh, that it showed how powerful that government could be. Well, Germany's gone way beyond that, thankfully. And so that, that course of action is not possible in Germany now, from what I understand. I know we need to do a bit of homework, but I do think that this will make people in America um, and, you know, uh, the normal people that live their lives, love their communities, love their families. And I think that's going to make them think. Andrew, we just made a mistake because you and I had this conversation on across the pond this morning, and we can't assume that yeah. people listening to Rural Route uh, know what's happening okay. in Germany. Just kind of give us a quick summary. Well, first of all, the farmers objected to an increase in diesel tax that they were going to have to pay in order to, if you like, pay their compensation for climate change. Now, that then, as uh, as uh, has developed into not just the farmers uh, in dispute with their government, they've now been uh, joined by all the truckers, who in turn have been in, have been enjoined by everybody in the shipping industry. And as a result, in every, from what I can understand, in every major city and uh, major trunk road in, uh, in, in uh, Germany right now, it's gridlocked. And the Dutch and the Polish farmers and truckers joining the dispute as well and do you know what they're now asking for they're asking for a new government they don't 
believe in anybody that governs them. That is very significant. And Do we believe I, the next one will be better? Well, I hope so. Even if we, the three yeah. of us have to lead it right here. Yeah. There, there you go. So anyway. It may be right. Uh, it's, uh, let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think this carbon thing, I, I sit down with people now. You can actually have a conversation with car on carbon. I know I changed it to vaccinations, but the carbon uh -huh. one. So, so if you sell your carbon, whatever carbon they allocate you as an individual. Um, and by the way, if you're a vegan, you you should have a much lower carbon uh, um, value because you're you're. you're you're letting a lot more greenhouse gases go into the air. I don't know how they're going to work that one out. But at the end of the day, you have a carbon value that you can sell to somebody so that you can have the right to have a TV or something like that. Do you think people are really going to buy that? I don't. should be part yeah, of our life question, insurance though. policy because human beings are 18% <laughs> carbon. And look at the carbon you emit. Once you pass, your your family should get extra money because you just removed part of the carbon production. That's that's completely <laughs> tongue in cheek. But you know what? That's not any more ridiculous than what's happening. Yeah. Right. No. At, at the end of the day, the idea that Elton John thinks he can offset the carbon he uses by planting a few trees in Brazil. Come on. Are we really going to fall for that? Yeah. Well, and again, I read, I read, I read an analysis just this last week that we're worried that we're our CO. Some scientists are actually worried that our CO two levels are too low. They should be double what oh. they are right now. Right, uh, uh, and they, so they, 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 those scientists, I believe, are three quarters of. I believe that's seventy five percent of scientists, and I believe they're right. Yeah, I actually I do believe they are right. Yeah, yeah. You know? Anyway, I've been taking deeper go. breaths to try to help that. <laughs> you, you know that um, the school in Leola, South Dakota, as a FFA project, they actually went to every classroom in a school and measured CO2 levels. And in the music classroom where people are singing, the CO2 was significantly higher than the other classrooms. <laughs> Boom. So that's so, the secret. If we want to help, so, if we hey, want to help, we just got to sing all day no. long. Well, yeah. here's the deal, though. Oh, yeah. Elton John is contributing yeah. to CO2 <laughs> oh, yeah. at a much higher level than anybody else because he's been singing his whole life. It's time he stopped yeah. singing because he's contributing CO2 emissions. Yeah, he can stop flapping Ooh. his channels oh. and flying his jet and save us. And he's probably vegan, fries. which adds another layer of complexity yeah. to his Boom. carbon. Dinette. I got 10 well, seconds. Paul McCartney certainly is vegan as his wife had a vegan company that's just gone bust i might add the linda mccartney company went bust and uh yeah so he's um he's his flatulence and his singing are a real concern to me now and i think we should <laughs> stop paul from doing what he's doing and we're going to stop go. us from doing what we're doing for another day we've successfully journeyed down the path connecting food producers food consumers for andrew henderson jay truett i'm trent loose reminding you that all roads do lead to a roll route with a lot of snow Bye, everyone. Have a great week. And one final thing about the National Western. There were two things I was looking forward to. Cattleman's Weekend, that was a success. And now the next one is tomorrow evening. Tomorrow evening, January 10th, it is the Stockyards Beef and Wine Festival. It's happening in the Stockyards. It will There will be four individuals. 
cattle on carousels on display. There'll be women in high heels and dresses and fur coats commingling with cowboys and Carhartts. Don't miss it at the National Western, January 10th. Online, nationalwestern.com. 